Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 17th of October 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Many of our storytellers do not come from Hong Kong. Many came and for whatever reason have fallen in love with this bustling city, with its flagrant contradictions and its layer upon layer of personality. What really makes Hong Kong unique is its people. This is a city where we're told wealth is all important, but step outside the central's business district, and you find people who are passionate about everything from the homeless situation to the local snake population, from Cantonese opera to kite surfing. It truly is a place of wonder. And today we'll be hearing some shorter stories from Kristen and Jen. These are from a show way back in March 2018 called Permission to Pause. Before we get to today's stories, though, give yourself a big hug from us, Hong Kong. Thanks for being loyal listeners and supporters and always being the weird and wonderful mixture of amazing and fascinating people that you always manage to be. Hellos go out to our overseas listeners as well. Today to listeners in Richmond and Richmond Hill in Canada, Bangkok in Thailand, and Rio Cuarto in Argentina. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Now, on Saturday, October 24th, we're so excited to be hosting our second annual Student Story Slam, where Hong Kong students are invited to tell their true first-person stories on our stage. We have been collecting the stories all month and have some astonishing young talent to showcase on our stage. If you'd like to see and hear in person how amazing young storytellers in Hong Kong are, our tickets are on sale. Find details on the website hongkongstories.com and on Ticket Flap. Our October 29th live show is a regular storytelling show, and we have some excellent stories that night too to fill your ears. Ticketing links can be found for October 29th at hongkongstories.com or on Ticket Flap. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a series of stories from 2018, here are Kristen and Jen. It's a sunny Saturday. I'm in the park behind Murray House in Stanley, trying to find a path a friend has told me about that leads to a semi-secret and pretty beach. I'm in a secluded section of this park. There is no one around except a tall, thin, local man who appears to be in his 20s. I have been in Hong Kong just a few months. I know it is a safe city. But my years in New York have made me cautious. This man is some distance away. But when I walk, he walks. When I stop, he stops. I head back toward the more populated part of the park, and when I'm around other people again, I consult the map on my phone. When I look up, this man is suddenly there, beside me. Excuse me, he says. May I photograph your feet? (laughs) I'm still figuring out how things work here in Hong Kong. but I am pretty sure this is not normal. (laughs) I have moved here for new experiences, though. 
Do you have a foot fetish, I ask? <laughs> no, he says. I'm working on a graduate degree about the damage that high heels cause to women's feet. <laughs> he pulls out his phone and scrolls through his montage of foot photos, as if this proves he is a legitimate academic. <laughs> I consider this man and his request. They both seem harmless. Okay. But let's go over near that park worker who is sweeping the path in case you turn out to be a total lunatic. <laughs> I sit on the concrete steps and slip off my sandals. I recently had a pedicure, so my feet are photo-ready. <laughs> the man asks me to turn my feet this way and that so he can photograph them from different angles. He assures me he is photographing only my feet. He tells me about the damaged feet he has seen. He is all business. I feel as if I'm on a hidden camera reality TV show. <laughs> the park worker doesn't even glance at us. This is apparently just your standard Saturday morning foot photo shoot. When the man has finished his work, he shows me the photos and thanks me. We head our separate ways. As I walk away, I wonder, was he for real? Was that a prank? Is he on his way to do something gross with those photos right now? Who knows? Apparently, weird things happen in Hong Kong. So when I first came to Hong Kong uh, over 10 years ago now, I started doing volunteer work as a way to meet people. And one of the people I met was this American guy who was a pilot. And he'd arrived even more recently than I had. So I started showing him around, and we started hanging out sort of regularly. And about a month after we'd met, we were, we'd had dinner, and he was walking me back to Central Ferry Pier so I could catch my ferry back to Chung Chau where I was living. And when I turned to say goodnight, suddenly he was, like, really into my personal space. Before I could ask him what was going on, he leaned all the way in, and he kissed me on the lips. And... I looked confused. It was on my face. And, and he was shocked by my shock. So he said, are we dating or what? <laughs> I thought we were just hanging out. Well, we hang out an awful lot. And as I tried to figure out how to respond to that, I couldn't stop myself. I looked over my shoulder and I saw that my ferry was coming in. Listen, I got to go. Um, how about I just call you tomorrow? We can talk about this. Well, I'm flying tomorrow. I'm going to be gone for five days. Oh, okay, well, call me when you get back then. And then I went and caught my ferry. And I was finally sitting down on the ferry. I had time to really analyze the situation. It wasn't a terrible thing. I mean, he was a really nice guy. And if you wanted to get practical about it, he did have a steady job, and he didn't seem like a maniac. So was he good-looking? Yeah, I guess. I hadn't really thought about it. One thing was certain. My best friend since high school would have been thrilled with the situation. When I was back in Canada just a few months before, we had been talking about all of our friends who were getting married and having babies, or just having babies, or getting married and then spending their life savings on infertility treatments. Whatever the situation, that was the thing to do in your late 30s, and neither one of us was doing it. 
So when I commented to her that maybe that ship had just passed for us, she shot back with, well, it hasn't for me. And she said, she told me her whole plan, which was to meet someone, get married, and have a baby all within the next two years before we turned 40. Given that we were both single at the time, I thought that was a little ambitious. But she explained to me that anybody that she might date would be in the same headspace because that's what people at our age and our stage of life think about, and so things would just naturally move along more quickly. Now, to her credit, eight months after that conversation, while I was sitting on the ferry thinking about my night, she was back in Canada living with and engaged to her future husband and adjusting to life a stepmom to his three children (laughs) and planning to be pregnant before the year was out. Up until that moment, I thought the moral of that story was be careful what you wish for. But then I thought, maybe she's right. Maybe this is the time to do this thing about having a family. You know, in my 20s, I thought this is just something that's going to eventually happen. And as I got older, I thought, well, this is just something that happens to other people. But maybe this was my moment, and I needed to take it seriously. Well, then my ferry docked, and I got distracted because I had to pay attention to the path as I walked up to my village house to avoid stepping on snakes and And I was at work the next day, and then I'm going out with friends, and the time just kind of slid by, and then it was five days later, my phone was ringing. Hi, I'm back. Oh, hi. Did you miss me? Miss him? I hadn't even thought about him for one second since momentarily considering starting a family with him five days before. (laughs) I guess that's that dilemma solved. I probably wanted to, if I wanted to have a partner and a family, it probably should manage to stay in my mind longer than a ferry ride. Turns out this is something that just happens to other people. But don't worry, we're still friends, we still hang out, me and him and his wife and their kids. And as much as anybody else, we're all living happily ever after. It's a warm Saturday night. I'm walking up the stairs beside the escalator, just below Robinson Road in mid-levels. I'm on my way home from a fun dinner with friends. I've lived in Hong Kong for two years now and feel lucky to have made such nice friends. I feel less lucky on the dating front, but I only really think about this on these weekend walks home. The slog up the steps to my apartment makes me feel conspicuously alone. My thoughts are interrupted by shouting from the escalator. I look up to see an older Western man smiling at me as he glides past. He looks friendly in a tipsy way. The other people on the escalator are looking at me too. It must be clear from my expression that I didn't hear what he said. Still smiling, he shouts out again. It's not good to go home alone. (laughs) (laughs) Then he glides up, around the bend, and out of sight. I'm startled by this stranger shouting about my single status. (laughs) But instead of being annoyed or embarrassed, I'm amused. This message, like the man seems friendly. Is it a warning? An invitation? 
a public service announcement from one, from one solo traveler to another? Who knows? Weird things happen in Hong Kong. A brief interruption before we hear the final story from Kristen. Hong Kong Stories is also going to be part of the 2020 Hong Kong International Literary Festival this year, for the fifth year in a row. Our live show will be on Friday, November 13th at the Fringe Club, and it's a free show, although we do appreciate a donation to the festival on the night. You do have to register for tickets, so find our show on festival.org.hk or on Ticketflap. While you're there, have a look at the absolutely stellar lineup this year. Many of their events are hybrid as well as available online, and it's an all-star lineup of international and local authors. Check out festival.org.hk for details. Now with our final story for today, here's Kristen. It's a drizzly Sunday morning. I've been in Hong Kong for five years now and have developed a pleasant and popular Sunday morning routine. I walk up to the peak and back down via Old Peak Road. I'm wearing the exercise uniform that all the other women on this route are wearing, long sleeve shirt in a wicking fabric, knee length running tights, running shoes. I'm on my way down the steep paved path, and it's slippery, as it always is on rainy days. My foot slides out from under me, and I yelp and flail, but I don't fall. From nowhere, a man appears beside me. He is older and Chinese, and is dressed like a dad running weekend errands casual trousers, and a light jacket. Catwalk, he says. You are dressed for the catwalk. (laughs) You should wear shoes like mine. He holds up a foot and shows me his casual weekend dad shoes. They are black leather lace-ups with a thick rubber sole. These are Florsheim brand. I never slip. You are dressed for the catwalk. (laughs) Then he speed walks down the steep slope and out of sight. What was that? A Florsheim spokesmodel? A public safety officer? By now, I know the answer to these questions. Weird things happen in Hong Kong. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.